two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up on this Tuesday edition, a bold strategy by the agent of a star quarterback in the NFL. What is really going on behind the scenes there? We've also got the latest on a coach who reportedly wasn't a big fan of his starting quarterback, and all the signs were there. We're going to have a discussion about time zones. We're going to make a prediction on the Aaron Rodgers saga. We're going to have John Palmarosi stop by for the latest on Major League Baseball's drama. And for some reason, Live Bet Jesus shows up and makes Brady Quinn disappear from the show. If you don't believe me, check it out next here. It's Two Pros and a Cup of Joe on a Tuesday, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Rock, man. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Bass pupil. Oh, no. Bass pupil. Bass <laughs> okay. pupil. Yeah. That's a... Uh, bass cornea. Bass Yeah. Bass cornea. Bass cornea. <laughs> yeah. The bass eye. The bass eye. It's uh, two pros eye. and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates. You underestimated uh, how many body parts you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Don't underestimate. You're like, I'm running out of them. I think you're actually, you just opened up a whole new can of internal organs and stuff. Yeah. I I am going to go to other organs. Because you know what? If I got to go to the last organs, I mean, we're going to have to dump right yeah, out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, Red Bull. By the way, ACL at some point. Yeah. I believe that we are uh, nine or 10 shows in a row that we've had to dump something. I like mean, we have been a on a roll. Yeah. A hell of a run. Yeah. What, what did we have to dump yesterday? Well, Roberto, Roberto, Roberto dumped himself. Uh, I don't know that he necessarily needed to, but uh, Roberto dumped himself. I said that one more time. You said I Roberto didn't understand what, what he, he said. Uh, he dumped himself. Uh, you know that well, take, there we go. Okay, that I did, that's not yeah. what I meant. Yeah, but, yeah, that's kind uh, of funny. That's, <laughs> I'm glad Berto like, was there with you because I'm like, wait, wait, that's. Because uh, clearly that's where Bar- uh, where Brady was. <laughs> clearly. Yeah, if, you, if you told me yesterday, like, oh, I had to dump myself because yeah. you got the red button, I would have yeah. been like, uh, like, so what would you do? Where were you at when it happened? Yeah. You know, I would have been thinking about, like, your, your pants or something yeah. on the yeah. side of the road. I, uh-huh. I am clearly learning that that is a part of your humor, your humor train. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. instead of, like, the red button dump, like – Dumping as in something else, like like squatty potty dumping. Yeah, LeVar and I are a little bit more professional than that. We're yeah, really here I, to I tried to keep it a little bit above and, board, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Brady Brady likes to take it low, you know what yeah, I mean? But I, I like it. Yeah, I like, I just, it creates yeah, balance. I don't know why we can't just have a you know an you know? adult sports talk radio show here. I don't know why we always well, got to go to the toilet. Technically, I mean, what Brady uses as humor is adult humor. Yeah. You know? Well, and, yeah. And so, oh, wow. <laughs> It's so airy. I know. It's just such an airy deal. Then I find myself comparing it. Like when I'm at home by myself, I'm like, which one do I fall under? Here's the thing, though. Depending on what was what happened the night before, you can't be certain that that's a a drop or in real time. Depending on uh, Mm. what Lee and Roberto have gotten into the night before. That is true. I just look at the door. See, the door is cracked right now. So there's clearly some real stuff going on back there. It's so. Sometimes you can even see the fumes, like the way that the the window are tinted you can sometimes see the fumes coming yeah. up uh, it's not good yeah it's not good at all no. um but yeah. uh here is very a, hot 
Here's what is good. Um, you Spicy know, air. Bold, uh, bold strategies in the uh, in the world of sports. Different approaches to certain things. Um, and uh, Kyler Murray's agent um, took a a completely different approach uh, yesterday uh, when it came to. And this happened right after we went off the air. Uh, when it came to letting it be known that maybe they would like a contract extension or that maybe they would like to work something out long term with the Arizona Cardinals. It's been kind of a weird past couple of weeks for uh, Kyler and the Cardinals. And um, basically a three-parter. Part one of his statement on social media, uh, he talked about uh, Eric Burkhart, uh, Kyler Murray's agent, talked about where the Cardinals were and where they are now with him. Uh, he's not wrong. They were a bad organization and a bad franchise. They've improved every year with Kyler Murray. Then in part two, he came up with a plan and a strategy to get Kyler paid and it all, to also make it make sense for the team and some other players on their roster. And then part three, basically put all the pressure on the Cardinals to figure this thing out and then also reiterate uh, what they have in Kyler Murray. And so here we are. Uh, they have uh, laid it on the table and just said, uh, this is what we're thinking. This is so everybody knows what's going on. And uh, now we wait to see what the Cardinals' response is. Uh, pretty unique strategy here. I like can, it. Can I ask this question, though? Like I found it to be incredibly reasonable. And Eric Burkhart, who's Kyler Calamari's, uh, who's <laughs> Kyler Murray's agent, he's, he's been known for a while. He's a really good guy. And anyone who's met him would, would, would tell you that. This looks to me to be, I, I don't want to say like a desperation play, but it feels that way because you think behind the scenes, you're maybe having some productive talks or there's been some momentum. And I don't think you let this stuff go public unless you can't even get a call back. Ooh. I mean, it feels to me like, Maybe Steve Keim. I don't know if Michael Bidwell is involved in the process. I, I would assume an, an owner is when you're talking about an extension that's going to be north of $150 million, 200, maybe $200 million. I, I saw in one figure the market value for a six-year deal for Calamari is $258 million, which comes out to roughly $42 million a year. So if, if that's the sort of money you're talking about, investing into a, a, a player – of course the owner's going to have to be involved, right? There's going to be a significant portion in his signing bonus, which they talked about in this. And as much as that's like, well, of course he wants a huge signing bonus. What agent, what player does it, right? The agent's taking fees off of that. The player wants the money in his pocket now. But the truth of the matter is they want to be able to spread a, a chunk of this contract over the course of, a, a, you know, oh, excuse me, a spread a chunk of his uh, signing bonus over a course of his contract, so it creates more cap space. So Chandler Jones, who's a free agent this year, you could sign him back. Zach Ertz, who's a free agent, you could sign him back. A.J. Green, free agent, maybe sign him back. You know, there's all those decisions you've got to make. James Conner, free agent, maybe you sign him back. Christian Kirk, like, they got a lot of roster decisions to make. And, and I actually think, and, and maybe I'm just, you know, trying to defend the player here, it's really reasonable. Like, what he's done in his career, what they've done during his time since he's gotten there, they're all reasonable requests. And this is how the organization, in my opinion, should be looking at this. They should be saying, let's extend him now so we can rework all these other contracts and make sure we bring some of these guys back and build on what we've built so far. Like, am I seeing this wrong? No, I think they, that it would be wise to try to create stability in the midst of everything that, that has been taking place in terms of speculation for Arizona I would agree with that sentiment and I don't think it's unreasonable 
by my estimation. And another thing to think about is when you're talking about the whole desperation deal, well, maybe that now justifies or clears up why Kyler Murray scrubbed his his accounts, you know, and, and didn't have the picture showing or, you know, kind of the, the outward support of, of being an Arizona Cardinal. Maybe there was something that, you know, maybe that lack of response – Maybe the the response that they did get that was maybe not the response that they wanted. Um, maybe it turned Kyler Murray off, and and maybe that might have been why the the results were the results with him in terms of his personal social media handles. But I, I think if you're Arizona, you're closer to being better than you you are to being worse. And and I think we all would attribute that to Kyler Murray being the quarterback of this team. We've seen when he's healthy and he's motivated and he's he's playing well, this team goes as he goes. And and so to me, even though they've tailspinned at the the end of the season, I mean, I'd much rather be on a team that takes nose dives than a team that doesn't have the opportunity to get high enough to dive in the first place. So I mean, sometimes it's just all about relativity in terms of how you're you're looking at it from a vantage point of where you're at. Where was the lie in anything that he said in the statement? Like I can't find one. Everything he said was spot on. And so when I initially when I saw the the it come out, I just thought, well, that's kind of strange. Like why why would he take this approach? And then I read through it and I thought, I can't find anything that he lied about there, there's nothing everything there is factual they were terrible when Kyler Murray got there they've improved every year they were in the playoffs last season uh, he's still improving as a player that is a fact he listed all his credentials this early in his career and then came up with a strategy that seemingly looks like it would make sense obviously you know who knows whether or not you know step by step they follow along with that I, w- I, w- I would doubt it but they at least put together a plan in place a solution this is what we're thinking this is where we're at we don't want to you know play this out and have rumors and reports uh you know kyler did the whole scrub his social media thing probably a regrettable moment but the cardinals also but came maybe back not but, maybe it wasn't regrettable but the, the cardinals came back with some this report that came out where they you know threw him under the bus and uh was oh sources are saying he's a terrible teammate he's this he's this and this and the cardinals just said okay here's what we actually are we're a better organization now with kyler murray at quarterback than what you were before that's a fact here's a plan that we have in place and this is where we stand with everything i i just i can't find the line anything he said so when i saw people piling on and criticizing and i thought okay it's a different approach but nothing he said was incorrect in the entire statement that i found you know what the only problem is about like him and how much leverage he has because not just from what you're pointing out with the fact that he won offensive rookie of the year as a you know his first year he goes to two pro bowls after that so you're looking at going like he's done his part. Statistically, he's gotten better. The team has gotten better every step of the way. Like everything is building where you want it to go. But the other leverage point he has is baseball. But the problem is, unfortunately, we've, we've got a baseball Yikes. where I, I don't even know where, where that agreement's at at this point. But imagine if they weren't in a lockout. Imagine if you know both sides had come to an agreement. Now he's leveraging, I believe it's the Oakland Athletics who, who have his rights. Yeah. And he could even be saying, well, you guys don't want me to go. I'll just I'll go play baseball. Like I'll, I'll literally go out there, play some baseball. We'll see how things go. And then we'll see if you want to sign me to a bigger deal. Maybe I'll just go back to doing that and go that route. So it, it is fascinating that I think he's doing all he can. 
at this moment. But if there was a deal in place in baseball, we weren't in a lockout, maybe they'd be utilizing that angle as well. But we haven't heard that yet. I think one more point that should be pointed out is rookie contracts, that's still somewhat relatively new. And and basically what a rookie contract is, is set for two things. One, because veterans don't want to feel like they're getting outdone by someone who hasn't done anything in the league yet. And two, it now becomes a safer investment having these guys slotted in yeah. terms of where they're at and coming into the draft. The owner. When we came into the draft, we were getting paid. If you are right. top top pick, number one pick, number two pick, you're getting paid right out of the gate. And and whether for win, for loss, for good or for bad, you got a blockbuster deal and didn't even play one down in the league. So right. so now when you look at rookie contracts, if somebody's going into their third, fourth year of their first deal and they're playing at the level that Kyler Murray is playing at, it should already be common sense justified that you should be working on their long-term deal because they've outplayed what it is that what was constituted in play to become the new way of of paying rookies. He's outplayed a rookie contract. That's why, I mean, the deals are too long. They're they're the first-round contracts. That's why you see teams trade back up in the the back end of the first because they they identify a player that they're like, hey, I'd love to have that guy on a four-year contract with a fifth-year option. And then if you think about that even further, they can control a guy like uh, Kyler Murray for six Seven years yeah. While, while utilizing the franchise tags that are in place, a fifth-year option, all those things. That's an entire career. That's crazy. That's, it is. That's an entire like I, career. I, I, that's I, double I, the average NFL yeah, career. That's dumb. I mean, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, and I don't, you know, it's, it's a philosophical thing, but here's where the NFL, NFLPA, to me, misunderstood the cause and effect of slotting the rookie draft salary pool, like how this would work. What happened was, because when you had guys like, for example, Sam Bradford was the last big contract, first overall pick, $50 million guaranteed, had never taken a snap in the NFL. And people are like, well, that's not justified or that's not deserved. But you know what happened to the middle class and other quarterbacks who, you know, they weren't necessarily the best. I want to say Matt Schaub was signing around that period of time. You know what happened with those guys? They would use those contracts as leverage. And they would go to the team and say, this guy's getting paid this, and he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. So I should at least be making close to that or, or something in the ballpark of that. And, and so what it did was every single year, it allowed uh, the contracts at whatever position, right, whether it was a tackle or a D-end or, or a quarterback, it kept inching up and inching up and inching up. And so every time those kept inching up, you had veteran players who would come back, and if they're at the top of their position, they're trying to get more than that. If they're, if they're a veteran guy who's average, he's going, well, look at what I've done. And this guy hasn't done anything. You've got to give me at least half or, or two-thirds of what that guy's getting. So I actually think, in theory, slotting the rookie draft salary pool, it really did kill the middle class and the ability for veteran players to go and look at other contracts of guys who never did anything and use that as leverage. It's uh, two pros and a cup of joe here. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. All right, coming up next here on uh, two pros and a cup of joe, uh, we now have confirmation that one coach in the NFL could not stand his starting quarterback. Find out who we're talking about next here, Fox Sports Radio.
Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, Lavar Arrington, Brady Very Quinn, uh, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, coming up uh, in uh, a little over 10 minutes from now, uh, very interesting strategy uh, for uh, a couple of uh, coaches in the NFL, successful coaches in the NFL uh, when it comes to the uh, combine. We will have that conversation here uh, Kool-Aid on makes everything better. That's why they call it cool. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. I just thought I'd let y'all know that at 324, 624, 424, we're at 524, wherever it is you're yeah. at, whatever the time may be. I just wanted to let you know, you know. Well. Kool-Aid makes everything better. It, well, it's yeah. uh, 520. <laughs> Roberto, you are unbelievable. It is uh, 524. <laughs> Brady said uh, like, what? WTF. <laughs> It is, I uh, have no idea yeah, what's going on. Yeah. It's uh, 524 uh, in Brady Minneapolis. Brady got the Kool-Aid stains. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah. Kirk no, Cousins got the Kool-Aid stains, yeah, too. Yeah, he might man. have uh, yeah. more stains than that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they are listening right now. They are uh, back to the first segment. <laughs> the red button dumping, huh? Uh, they are uh, <laughs> they are listening right now uh, on uh, K Fan, our fine affiliate in Minneapolis. Shots um, out, yeah. And uh, listen, uh, you know it's one of the uh, the bigger affiliates of Fox Sports Radio. We have a great relationship there, and uh, relationship is the uh, the word and the subject of this uh, conversation because apparently uh, the relationship between Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins wasn't all that hot, uh, according to a report uh, from. Chad Graff of the Athletic uh, that uh, Mike Zimmer uh, complained you said openly. Grab what? Uh, Chad Graff oh, oh, of the okay. Athletic. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, heard that differently. Is that uh, Zach Graff's like cousin or something? I'm not quite sure. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, but apparently uh, Mike Zimmer was complaining openly about Kirk Cousins in uh, coaching meetings. Um, you know that uh, quote unquote some of Zimmer's top lieutenants echoed this sentiment. Um, so if you saw that little back and forth where Kirk Cousins went and kind to grab Mike Zimmer at the end of a game. I think it was against Jacksonville. And, I, I could have Zimmer that wrong. Got him up off of him like like I'll punch you. I'll pop it, you right in your mouth. It just felt weird all last year. The, the COVID stuff, uh, Kirk Cousins' stance on not being vaccinated. Mike Zimmer was open about and criticized it. The 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 shoving match back and forth. It felt weird and. Now we see that, yeah, there was something there. Mike Zimmer just never felt like he was a big fan of Kirk Cousins uh, there in Minneapolis. So, Can, can I ask you this? I, 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 over the course of time when Kirk Cousins first got there, that team went in two directions on each side of the ball. The offense kept getting better, and the defense started to fall by the wayside. I, I, I think if my recollection is correct here, they were the number one defense in the NFL – the year before Cousins got there. And then they got Cousins, and the defense literally just kept taking steps back. And so it's funny to me that Zimmer, who was a defensive-minded coach, and he's a great defensive-minded coach, would be upset with Cousins because he was one of the most consistent, stable pieces. And they, you know, he kind of talked about, or at least in the article it talked about, him not making enough plays in the end. They had like three or four game-winning drives just this year to go win the game. On average, that's that's more than most quarterbacks in the league. Like, how many more do you want him to have to save your ass on defense? Like, 
that's what this team was. They they fell apart since 2017 defensively, and they can never, ever get back up to where the level they were playing at and where they were at since they signed Kirk Cousins. Captain Kirk wasn't the problem. Like, I, I hate to break that to him. It was the defense, and that's why they're not there anymore. They were losing some close games. I mean, they, they were they were a competitive team that couldn't win, right? If you think about it, they ended up 8-9 and nine overall, one game under five hundred. Their, their Their last four games, last five games, I mean, they went 3-2. and two. In their last five games, yeah. So you can't say that they they nosedived in a way where, you know, it would it would call for having such discord in terms of where you're at with things. Other than to think that for the amount of time that Kirk Cousins has been there, for the amount of time that that Zimmer has been there, they haven't been able to take that definitive step forward. And and I think when you go out and you get a quarterback and you pay that type of money, again, we always say when you win, quarterbacks get way too much credit. Coaches get way too much credit. When you lose, they get way too much credit. And and I think that that's what's going on here. You you go out, you you take them away from, you know, seemingly you steal them away from from Washington. And and pay him what you feel is is right in in value, and you still haven't taken that definitive step forward as a team. And and I think that again, whether it's fair or not, based upon what Kirk Cousins has brought to the table, one of the criticisms that that was lobbed out at him as the reason why Washington didn't want to pay him is because of that trepidation in terms of what they felt they could get to. What, what they felt they could accomplish or not accomplish with him right. at, at the quarterback's position. And then now you're seeing it kind of play out in Minnesota. And and it's, it's you know, whether it's just or not, that's just a criticism that he's he's been exposed to. The, the funny thing, though, is isn't he the one that on the road in New Orleans threw a game-winning pass to yeah. Kyle Rudolph in the well, end zone? Well, he might have pushed off, according to Saints fans. Just right. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it got, he got it done. It, the, he here, got it done. Th- this is the part that's funny about Mike Zimmer maybe not being a fan of Kirk Cousins. And, look, I, I don't know the salary cap as far as you know whether or not maybe he feels like, well, our defense suffered. Uh, we suffered on that side of the ball because we had to pay Kirk Cousins all that money. <laughs> they spent I, every first-round pick for like three years on defense. Yeah, so so I don't I – don't, There's some really good players. What's 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 funny about the whole conversation is, does Mike Zimmer think that they were better off with Case Keenum at quarterback? And here's why I asked the question, because you can say, well, you know, they were in a conference championship game when Case Keenum was the quarterback. Right. And they got there on one of the flukiest, craziest plays, the Minneapolis Miracle, uh, who Brady Quinn was on the air and his voice cracked. One of the great sound drops in the history of Fox Sports Radio. Smoking a cigar. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough, but it was a fluke play in the divisional round that led to that win. They had no business winning that game. And then they went to Philadelphia and then they lost in, in the conference in the conference championship game the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So it's not like they had better success because they went a game further with Case Keenum. They were fortunate to win that game. 
but it was Kirk Cousins who won that game, as you pointed out, at New Orleans. And then I got news for you. That year, nobody was beating San Francisco in the NFC. Green Bay got annihilated in the NFC title game the very next week. So the idea that this was all on Kirk Cousins, I I don't get it. There's got to be something personal between Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins because on on the field, it doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up to me. Well, there's the whole vaccination thing. Yeah. That that's part of it. I, I think that frustrated coaches in general just having to deal with it than players who weren't. We saw that with Jim Mercer and Carson Wentz and Mike Zibber and and, and um, obviously Kirk Cousins. Here's the other thing. Do you want to? Can, can I go ahead and list to you what Cousins had to deal with while he was there? Yeah, I think you first should. Year, first year in Minnesota, his offensive coordinator was John D. Filippo. Second year is Kevin Stefanski. Third year Gary Kubiak. Fourth year Clint Kubiak. <laughs> He's had he had a different coordinator for what, four straight years. <laughs> I mean, how's that on him that he's got to deal with someone new calling plays and that chemistry that you have between a play caller and a quarterback every single year? And yet you're like you're frustrated with this guy. You don't think he's frustrated by every single year starting over again and saying, "Okay, are you more aggressive on, on these third down situations or in the red zone or in this portion of the field?" Or, or, like, how do you see this? Like, what changes do you want to make? Are we going to call something different? Are you going to bring in something different? Like, it takes a lot of time to develop chemistry with a play caller. And I promise you, year one to year two with the same guy, you see leaps and bounds. No different than what we saw with Josh Allen, who went from year one as a rookie to two to three with Brian Dable. And by year four, it's like they were just like, forget even running the ball. Because we're so good at throwing this thing around the field, we don't have to worry about anything else. Brian Dable gets a head coaching job. Josh Allen's viewed as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's what stability provides you. And he never he's, he hasn't had that. And so, I, look, I'm not advocating that Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the league by defending him in this, in this instance. But he's serviceable enough. And to Jonas's point, you know, and by the way, when they had the chance to sign back Case Keenum, to sign back Teddy Bridgewater, to sign back Sam Bradford, like, do we forget? Like, all three of those guys were unrestricted free agents. They could have signed any of them back. They're the ones that went and got Kirk Cousins. Like, they made that decision. They could have signed back Case Keenum. They chose not to. So you have to live with that bed that you made. And by the way, he's been pretty darn serviceable since he got to Minnesota with, with the numbers he's put out and what he's done. I just go back to the initial point. He wasn't the problem in Minnesota. Your defense was. That's what tailed off the, towards the end of Zimmer's career there. Well, and who got the credit when the defense was doing really well? Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Mike Zimmer. You know, because to me, a lot of people gave me the blues about it, but I said George Edwards was the catalyst for how well that defense played. You know, a lot of people didn't give him his his props, his just due for the, the amount of impact that that he had I mean he is one of the the finest coaches I've ever played for development wise schematically speaking understanding of of what's taking place with personnel and all those different things and you know he's in Dallas now and and I don't find that to be a surprise that their defense is now playing at the level that they're playing now that he's there defenses have always played well when George Edwards is on on staff um and to your so, point, by the way, they haven't been in the top half of the league since he left. There you go. And, and so when you look at at M- Mike Zimmer and why he became expendable, it's because your specialty is defense. And and if you want to go out of the door and you're complaining about you, – you want to know the one 
thing that defensive-minded people do in football, they always blame the offense. They always blame the offense. So if you're going to blame the offense, then what you do had better be good. And I think that this is a classic situation where people are looking at Zimmer like, well, regardless of what what Kirk Cousins is doing, we know what our defense isn't doing. And if that's what you your staple has been and that's what we have built this thing on, play defense, run the ball, and that's not getting us to the next level, that's not making us better, then I, I would say it's apparent that they looked at the, the situation the way you, you just explained it, Brady, is like, look – this isn't this isn't on Kirk Cousins, and since it's not on Kirk Cousins, and the defense is playing a major part in us losing these close games, then we need to revamp our defense, and we need to get somebody who can get more out of Kirk Cousins because you're a defensive-minded guy, and oh by the way, you're a defensive-minded guy that doesn't believe in the quarterback that we just spent all this money on. So you know maybe it's good, maybe it's time for you to go, you know, do what Sean McVay is talking about, which is you know spend time with your your family yeah. and. You know, get an opportunity to sit at home, crack a couple on your recliner, and you you probably got a real nice one. Got got remotes on it, eat it, you know, massagers on it, well, massage your legs. He's, and, uh, yeah, he's oh, uh, I, oh, he, so I, yeah, he I, is I, a little. Come on now, yeah. I know, I know. Don't think I went there by accident. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, hey, baby, bro, you know me, y'all know me. Yeah. I ain't and, gonna and, end up there by accident. And, and by the way, for all you wise asses who want to go the well, Kirk Cousins can't win a primetime game. It's his fault. The schedule makers can't give him a, a, a you know a consistent noon Central Time kickoff every single Sunday. They want to they want to you know a, a D around and give him a. Monday games and Sunday night games and late afternoon windows. I feel bad for Kirk Cousins. He needs a little bit more consistency from the schedule makers. You can schedule games in Germany. You can figure out a way to get the Vikings at noon Central Time every single Sunday. I mean, that's kind that? of a good point. Yeah, I mean, it is. By the way, Central Time's an odd time. It's like it's not obviously West Coast, which is is like a whole different lifestyle when you're three hours behind. Yeah, East Coast. I I like Mountain. I think Mountain's pretty comfortable. It's a yeah. good good spot. Central is just like pick a side. Either be like a couple hours or three hours behind, or be on East Coast time. Like, I mean, like pick a side on all this. Tell me about it. I think it's still February in Hawaii. Mm. You know, <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe it's uh, like an hour and a half. But uh, you know what I mean. All right, uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. By the way, it Barack, is still February in Hawaii. No, because it, yeah, it's. It, I think they're two hours behind right now. Our fine affiliate on Fox Sports Nine Nine. They're only two hours behind. I thought they were five hours behind us. The blowtorch of the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. five hours behind us. Hawaii Yes. Five? What are you talking about? We're in California. Is it three hours? No, it's two. It's two. It's two right now. It was five, man. It's a five-hour flight. It's a five-hour flight from here. Fairly certain it's two. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, you know, I made that flight a few times, so I, I know, I yeah. know, the, I know yeah. the amount of time it took to fly over well, there. LeVar, you have to explain to people what that means, because it, it doesn't mean as much it now doesn't mean, yeah, as it did back then. Yeah, like going over the water was like a real thing to say, you you know, you were flying to Hawaii, which meant that uh, you had gotten selected to play in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's changed. Yeah, it's too bad. But there's somewhere in America where it might take five hours to fly to to Las Vegas or to any other said site that is selected for the Pro Bowl these days. Oh, that might be a one and done after how it went this year. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, by the way, uh, we are brought to you by Indeed. Bracket season is right around the corner for college basketball. And our coverage on Fox Sports Radio is powered by Indeed. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platforms makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, we have got uh, two things we need to get to. Uh, interesting uh, situation developing when it comes to the NFL Combine. Plus, Live Bet Jesus has sent a tweet. I have no idea why or what this is about. We will find out the answer to that next year on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, we got a couple of things we need to get to here uh, momentarily on Fox Sports Radio. I uh, do want to let you know, though, we are brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. All right, so we know that... Um, that the Rams aren't very fond of their uh, first-round draft picks. I don't, they don't have a first-round pick till what, like 2048 or something like that? Is that the uh, the right year, 2048? I, I think we'll be living on Mars by the that's time good. we have a first-round <laughs> nice. draft pick. Yeah, that's uh, – well, I mean, apparently they're not uh, big fans of the uh, scouting combine either because uh, there's uh, a report out that um, uh, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan uh, also will not be uh, attending the scouting combine in Indianapolis coming up uh, later on in the week. Um, thank God we've got some who will be there uh, that guy is Brady Quinn uh, so Brady if yeah. you were looking to have a sit down with Sean McVay to ask Not him like uh, hey how close how close are you to walking away and taking that Amazon or Fox money uh, unfortunately he's not going to be hey, there hey what's so. George Mason's campus like oh wait oh <laughs> yeah. wait what does that have to do with anything uh, well, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah I just uh yeah I, I'm wondering <laughs> anymore <laughs> outside of medical and then the interviews for the athletes which you know the head coaches don't have to be there for it I I personally feel like it's good if you're the head coach to, to have some sort of relationship with a player before you decide to draft him or you know even sign them at some point, right? A lot, a lot, a lot of people you know, tend to forget. Just because you go to the combine, you look at these draft prospects, and you don't draft them, it doesn't mean that you don't want to build that relationship or that background or history for the future in the event that you would end up signing them as a free agent, right? Like they get, everyone takes these notes and they go back and they'll look at that. Even when these guys become a free agent, that all that stuff still plays a part. So it's just surprising that it's gotten to the point where now teams are like, yeah, I'll just have my, my other guys, the scouts do that. Some of the other coaches maybe do that, or, you know, maybe it's just not worth it anymore for some of these teams. Ooh, it's new. It's a new era. It's a new age. And guys are going to do things the way that they're going to do things. I can recall, you know, I, I love making my examples, you know, even when you guys may shoot them down. But here's an example, <laughs> all right? I had a kid that, that I, I pretty much adopted. I 
took him in. He came here from from overseas, from abroad. And I coached in the Under Armour game every single year that he lived here. And he ended up playing in the game. And, and, and so when we were going to the Jersey presentation and different things that were taking place, he, w- he wasn't going. So I would have to go find him, like as the acting parent, and, and go get him. And I'd ask him, I was like, why are you not going? Like, why are you not being a part of this? He's like, sir, sir, I've done it the last three years. I've done it the last three years. <laughs> right? I was like, bro, like, but this is your year. Like, this is yeah. your time to do it. I, I kind of want to know who this is now. Yeah. That's so great. I'll tell you off the off air because <laughs> he played here. Um, so... And so many people, they're listening, they they probably know exactly who. Anyway, so the point I'm making is <laughs> a guy like Sean McVay and a guy, especially uh, a, a Kyle Shanahan, you know, I've, been, I've done it. I've done it 10, 20, 30, <laughs> 40 years, you know. I, well, they're not even 40, are they? I, no. I've, I've, done, no, it, no, I've no. done it. So, I've done it. So I've done it so many times. Like, I know what I want. I know what I, I know what I need to look for. I'm well, not going. I, I'm just saying, as a player, if you got head coaches who aren't going, why should you feel the, the reason to <laughs> yeah. participate? I mean, for real. But oh, if we're being man. if we're being all the way honest, like, what were your feelings when you were coming out of college? Like, it was still I got to impress enough oh, to sure. get the hell up in here for sure. And I, if it's a scout, if it's a a, a position coach, I'm putting my best foot forward. So that I can try to to have the best impression, so I can get into the league and get was, on this team. I was so worried because I had a torn PCL. I was so worried about like someone finding out, and I was like trying to hide it. Hey, all me could. too, bro. Me too. Dude, it, it was like I just didn't want them to find out any bad medical stuff. Hold it against me. Hey, man, I had a torn meniscus Nobody in high school. Oh, oh, Jesus! Oh, I mean, just like that. What happened? I, I bet. You. Okay. Oh, well, why are the lights out? I don't oh, no. get it. Oh no. See, now my meniscus is magically healed. Oh, yeah, okay, hold on a second. Oh, wow. so, so the lights are out in the studio. Oh, no. um, Brady's talking about a PCL injury. Lamar's oh, no. talking about a torn meniscus. Now there's a piece of paper falling down oh, on the desk. No. I hope this isn't your meniscus inside this piece of no, paper. I, I mean, my meniscus that. feels so much better now. I can see the paper. <laughs> I can this, see this is, you! This is strange. It is this morning. On the first day of March 2022 that I, Live Bet Jesus, proclaim the pick to be that Brady Quinn will miss the remainder of this show. What? Oh, I don't. Wow. What the hell does that even mean? I what? don't know. Uh, can you, is that <laughs> actionable? <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.